back in 1987 it was and our rubber grip thing was pretty new for us and it was just a few people we didn't have too many people on staff a couple molding machines was maybe just one or maybe two molding machines now and wow. or, or then and uh I, I i still remember fitting those grips making sure they were right putting them in a little box taking them to the to the post office myself Hey, this is Brian with Hunter's HD Gold. This episode of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens is brought to you by Kona Gold. Kona Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. Grab your Kona Gold from the Hunter's HD Gold Magical Mystery Tour or from KonaGoldHemp.com. When ordering, use Hunter's HD for another 20% off. I travel all over the United States sponsoring matches, meeting shooters, organizers, and match directors. I'm ready to start asking those tough questions everyone wants to know the answers to. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunter's HD Gold, Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Gold, Behind the Lens. Today I've been finally able to hook up with Pat Hogue of Hogue Knives or Hogue Grips or Hogue and Cor- What is the actual title of the company, Pat? Well, you make it sound so official, Brian. Well, I know, but I just, <laughs> I just want to make sure we get it right for everybody. Well, in the beginning, we were referred to as Hogue Grips. Okay. Yeah, that's where we started with the grips, but now it has expanded to knives and holster and other gear products. So Hogue Incorporated, I guess, but just doesn't have as good a ring. I still like to identify with Hogue Grips. <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Well, we tried to hook up at Area 2 Steel Challenge, and we had too much happening with both of us. You were being pulled in one direction based on the whole Home office not being too far away from Hogue Range, and we met up today here at ICOR um, National Championship. So it's glad to finally get a hold of you. What got you started with with Hogue? How does what does that look like? Now is it, is it you by yourself? Your your family? What what? Tell me more about what all got this started. Oh, it's what you would call the family business. Okay. And yeah, it's just kind of a wonderful thing that our country offers, you know, free enterprise and so forth. And But the family business is what we're known as. I got started by birth. Okay. Oh, it, was, it was my father oh. uh, that founded the company. And see, he worked uh, LAPD. Okay. He went on 1949 and uh, beginning directed traffic down there, downtown L.A. And, and then he worked wow. at the remaining of the 1950s. He was at the property division downtown work there and oh guy hogue that was his name guy hogue okay uh i miss him a lot i lost him in oh two okay and i still sometimes when i design a new product or we have a new patent or an invention or something it's kind of faded over the years it was more apparent right after his passing Mm -hmm. but i want to go show dad oh look what we did this time Mm -hmm. and yeah i still get sad about that sometime but no in the 1960s he he knew enough people. He was able to get his foot in the door somehow, and he got a great gig up at the police training academy in Los Angeles. And he was a firearms trainer, okay, and armor there in the in uh, the 1960s. He retired in '70, but oh, a couple of years approximately before he retired, he began making his first custom handmade grips, typically for the Model 10 Smith and Wesson revolver, the 38s that was prominently used there in LAPD. Okay. And there was a couple other men that were, you know, what kind of buddies he had there. It was Fuzzy Frant and, and John Hurst uh, for the, for those listeners that know a little bit about the history of it. Okay. These other men were tinkering around with making some grips too. Okay. Uh, Guy was a real natural craftsman. He made things from wood. Everything was always made out of wood. Dad made boats. He made the furniture in the house, uh, the camper we went camping in was made by hand by guy by dad. Wow. I mean, it took me a while until I got to be, you know, later uh, older child to realize that, you know, 
families go buy an RV. They don't make it. Because the way I thought about it was, well, it's just the way it is. When you grow right. up, you know, it's just the way you, what you're exposed to is the way the world is. But no, this was a special thing. And then, So was it a hobby that he was just doing on the side? Or is this, where did he get the yeah, trade from? Just for friends at first, okay. himself and friends. Uh, but then he knew some gun shops there around the L.A. area. Okay. So he just kind of put some on consignment and just kind of started. And he still served out the rest of his career. He re- retired in 70. Right. Um, at that time, he had three boys and beautiful, younger uh, wife. My, my mother was a little bit younger than Guy. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, what do you call a male cougar? But no, <laughs> Lucky? <laughs> yeah, Jill was her name. And then, uh, well, then he retired and moved um, to where he liked to go camping and vacationing, and that was Central California. Okay. And uh, he raised us boys there. My mother was killed in a tragic electrical fire when I was very young. Oh, so, wow. So he wound up really raising us himself. Mm-hmm. And throughout the years, I'd helped him in this workshop because he published a catalog or brochure for all those years early on mm-hmm. and, uh, and and mail ordered the grips because, you know, he had his pension from Los Angeles, but he also made this uh, this custom product on the side and developed a really great reputation and his 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 fit and finish on his woodwork really was. He he really was a true craftsman. I mean that's what if you go visit his his uh his grave today, that's what I, I had engraved on his on his headstone was true craftsman. Because wow. he really was. You know, that's one of those words like custom that's often abused. Yeah. Or, you know, something's custom or, it's, you know, the yeah. craftsman, Sears craftsman tools, you know. But no, the, the, the root of the word, really what it is, is when, when you have a passion and you have that vision for what you want to craft, something tangible. That, that, was, that was my dad. Right. Um, but then, uh, well, when I was in high school, uh, um, when I first started driving, that was when I really, I, I teamed up with the oldest brother. Aaron, my oldest brother, Aaron okay. and I are still partners today. We okay. had a middle brother that really wasn't involved in the business. Okay. Uh, he's not living anymore. Lost him a few years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so the two of the three sons are still, and um, Aaron and I, we've ran the business together since the early 1980s. Okay. And my father always wanted to do his custom work, and he was retired and retired again and retired again, basically. Right. And he had his two two children that really took it over, and uh, we, we developed the production, mass production end of it. Uh, the, some of the first injection molding, um, that's prominently what we make our grips. The, the highest numbers of them are injection molded. When today. did you go to that process from, from, I guess you started off as wood in right. the original. So right. when did you make the switch over to the injection molding process? Well, in the late 1970s, it was, oh, well, okay, there so. was a need because guy couldn't keep up with the demand. He okay. had more orders. I mean, uh, and I always went in my dad's workshop and there was always more orders than he could produce. Okay. And, uh, but the next natural step was to, uh, mold them from plastic. And he started molding his first, uh, just like the rigid, uh, black nylon material, hard like wood. Um, and that went on for some years and I worked with my brother doing those, uh, that type of material, but it didn't take us too long to realize that, that, that people want the soft touch. They, they want the rubber, mm-hmm. the rubbery type feel. You know, we were, uh, the, the big leader at that time was the Packmeyer grip company. Okay. And you know, that was the one to really reckon with. And, but we, we had a different manufacturing process and, you know, we, we were kind of an example. We weren't formally educated. You know, there was no book that said we can't do something. So it was just our imagination. And we inherited that same skill and craftsmanship that our father, I, I know I inherited it. Right. I've loved ever since what I've done. Um, yeah, I watched you work with a shooter earlier who had brought up a device that he had created off looking at some stuff. He, he He's a kind of like to create his own things. And you were you were pretty I, I saw your eyes light up differently talking and looking at his work 
compared to just normal conversation. That's not saying bad about anybody else. I just pay attention to little details sure. like that. And I actually, I saw you looking around at them and, and looking at it with your phone with the light and taking pictures and getting and, and admiring his work and letting him know that you really admired his nice work. As you put it, this is very nice. And so when you see somebody else with that vision, I saw that twinkle in your eyes, almost like, I guess it was when you, when you, when you're able to say, Hey dad, come check this out. I saw that look in your eyes like that. So you're watching me, huh? I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was talking to you from the, I was next door, but I'll pay yeah. attention to interactions like that because mm-hmm. interactions with people that may or may not know us from anybody else and how we handle those conversations is what really makes who, us who we are. Right. As, as innovators, as yeah. business leaders, and it's as, people, as, as right? managers of companies. People. Exactly. We love the sport, and, and, and I love the travel and adventure, but the people. You, you embrace that gentleman where he's like, he's all of a sudden now he's, you know, he, he made his own thing, but now he's over there looking at your stuff. Yeah. And you didn't, you didn't take him over there. He went, he started looking at all different grips saying, well, dang, I, I need, he made a holster, but he, he he's looking at grips you have now. And you, you didn't see the process after you left because you was with somebody else, but he was over there wondering and looking at other grips, wanting to buy other grips. So that was a cool process. So just give you a little feedback what I noticed there. That was, uh, but when you notice somebody else who engineered something like that, yeah. I saw that. And that's what, when you, when you, yeah. when you made that comment about yourself being that way, I just want to make you aware of what that looks like from the outside looking in. So that yeah, was cool. Was obviously craftsman himself. I yeah. told him so. I think his name was Ronnie. He was a retired Air Force. Yes. And no, it was obviously he, you know, at first, you know, I hear all kinds of people say, oh, I make this, I do this whatever and mm-hmm. they, yeah, sometimes you see some real contraptions yep but no he had some quality work he really was a woodworker and he, he did a really nice job and i i sh- i told him i really appreciated what i was seeing yeah and uh no I, I i meet so many great people in these places where you know today no, no, is that not the best thing about traveling to matches when you get it how do you get to travel to matches much Oh, yeah. I go out of my way. Good. You know, anymore, I kind of get to do what I want to do. Right. As the owner of a successful business. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like, I don't know, I could call myself retired, but I'm really retired. Yep. I'll probably never really retire. But, no, I kind of, you know, do do what I want to do. You know, That's my awesome. friends sometimes ask at the end of a weekend or maybe with somebody, you know, might, might, uh, they say, well, well you got to go, you, do you have to go to work tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I know this might sound conceited. I, wanna, I don't want to sound like a brat, but the real answer is no. I don't, but I want to, and that's a real blessing when you have a passion and you love what you do. Mm -hmm. Well, the old phrase, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. Oh, that's my story. And I I was just only smart enough to follow in my father's footsteps. Right. I know that's not right for everybody, but in my case, it worked out real well. How do you overcome the daily that you, you, you've been around this since you were born. You, you've experienced it. When you were a teenager, when you're very impressionable years where everybody makes different decisions, trying to not follow in some their footsteps sometimes because it may be on a different direction. They want to be their own man. How do you keep that energy with the same company for 30 plus years? That's a good question. But back to if you love what you're doing mm-hmm. and we've grown and my brother always loved him. We, we, we are duties crossed a lot, but. He was definitely more administrative okay. uh, t- um, uh, instincts, more with our computer systems and administration. But I was always the passionate in the in- inventive end of it, keeping the equipment running and the processes. Because mm-hmm. we make our products differently than anybody else in the world. And Do you do know, the majority of it in-house? Oh, yes. 
you cool. know, we're, we're really known to do you know, really as much of anything as we can in-house. Um, we, we do, of course, buy some supplies, but we're mm-hmm. not as subject to that supply chain that's out there right during this pandemic. Exactly. That has hurt a lot of companies, the yep. whole supply chain. We've heard this. Yep. Well, when you make predominantly most of your stuff all in-house, it doesn't impact you as much. We've been lucky as well at at, um, at Hunter's HD Go because we do everything to the lens from the very beginning. So oh, you we did, did too. We, so, did, yeah, we, yeah, did, yeah, we yeah. didn't have a problem getting did. our blanks in. Because yeah. we already had enough inventory, you know, to last 90 days. And by when there was a shortage, we'd already ordered more because we first saw some yeah. of that stuff happening yeah. and um, and planned for it. So that's that's that when you can do it in house. And I, I'm responsible for 17, 17 different families. How many families are you responsible for at Hogue? Oh, families. Mm-hmm. When you, when you, oh, boy. Well, you know, combined, we have about now? 250 employees at wow. any given time. So how many of those families? Yeah. I yeah, mean, pretty go. much each employee has that's a it. family. That's why, that's why the 250 yeah. different families. Yeah, we do these picnics or holiday events sometimes, you know, right. in our facilities. And, yeah, you see the children and you see the spouses. And, right. And you see them dressed up nice. And it's 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 pleasing on one hand, but it's scary mm-hmm. on the other. Yep. I've got um, – there's 23 employees of us that we have, including me and Sherry. Um, we're under 100 employees. The news just broke the other day. If you have more than 100 employees, that they're going to try to, you know, get stuff, you know, mandatory for vaccinations. And and you're in California. You've got different things to fight there. Have you this just dropped the other day? Take this real serious. Have you had time to even process it yet? No, I've been away on this trip. Yeah. Uh, out here and yeah, for the listeners, we're out Louisiana, right? Yeah, we we're, are. I call yeah, it, yes, Princeton at yep. the IRC. Yep. Jerry Mitchell. I this place. wanted to come yep. to this place for most of my life. It's your first time here. I've never been to this range before. Oh wow! And I knew yeah. Jim Clark Senior and yes. Jim Clark Junior. Right, they're, they're both passed already. And yep. you know, Logan, the the Jim Clark Senior's grandson, he gave us a tour through the Clark shop. Right, uh, yesterday, and it was awesome. I really That's enjoyed so it. Cool. I've been wanting to see that for a long time. To him, he was like, "Whatever, this is our shop, and these are our <laughs> milling machines, you know." But I'm over there going, "Yeah, no, this is Clark Custom. This is, this is all the dirty stuff. <laughs> oh, this is really cool. No, that's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I've had that. This is my um, multiple. I've been here multiple times, so it, oh, wow. it, it's yeah. one of those things. I've had a lot of matches here. They've done a lot of work here at this range. I hope they've got plans to have a lot more matches here in the future because yeah. I've seen a lot of improvements just over the past year since I've been here. With drainage and a lot of other things they've done, so mm-hmm. this range is looking great. So, yeah. So, processing what was just happening while you're gone, how does that affect your match <laughs> when you're when you got news of politics happening that's very strong because you're a company over a hundred? Oh, then you got to go yeah. focus on a stage, and then you've got to do this. Does it does it does 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 life business interfere with your your shooting? Sometimes? Oh, I don't let that stuff get me down. There'll Good. be time. I'm I'm certain we have some kind of allowance of time for compliance, and, right. and you know if I have to read the fine print. Right. Um, that's one thing our government usually gives us is time to sort through, right. you know, to to be compliant. Um, yeah, but no, we we operate within the guidelines of the law in every aspect, and we right. will continue to do that. Makes sense. I might not like it, but mm-hmm. yeah, we do this. I, you know, I, you know, if I don't particularly like my my national uh, federal administration, uh, it's still mine, and yes. us the voters voted for it. I, right. uh, yeah, I haven't always liked it, but um, so we'll, we'll get back. And then also being a partner in a in a, in a business, you, mm-hmm. know, you can lean on each other. Right. I'm quite certain. 
my older brother Aaron, in typical fashion, he's probably all over this. He's okay. the one that watches he's the morning news. He's administrative guy, so he's the one that's doing yeah. all that. He's he's freaking out now because you're not there. Of course, he's so distracted. <laughs> he's going to race in the Reno Air Races this weekend. Pretty. I did see that on social media. I did. He's yeah. He's, so he's actually tell the, me about the that Hogue for a second. Jet. The Hogue Jet. A couple of years ago, he came to me and he wanted to invest in this, and this it's a bucket list thing, really. Okay. But no, it is no. We we market the knives. The yeah. products through this, um, and he calls the airplane Blista is the name of it, and and he knows every nut and bolt in that thing in typical form. The mechanics that we are, right? Oh no, he no he disassembles and he modifies, and it's an experimental class uh, airplane. It's called an L twenty nine. It's a Czechoslovakian Cold War training jet airplane. Okay, and he's and, doing this himself. Yes, yeah. He bought the airplane from an acquaintance and mm-hmm. an old, an older, older gentleman that lost his uh, uh, through health, his pilot privileges out of San Diego. That we we where we work out of that airport mm-hmm. some of the time, and and the man, oh yeah, he didn't want to let it go, you know, like we do a lot of times in life. But he he knew it was being given to a good home. So we, right. we, uh, my company invested in this jet airplane and I'm a pilot myself and I haven't really been interested enough to follow it right. or to be rated and, and fly it myself. Right. But no, this, this is a dream of, of Aaron. And I'm really proud of him because he's been really dedicating a lot of time over the last couple of years doing what he wants to do. Right. You know, uh, and, uh, he, he befriended and, 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 and got to know and earn the respect from military pilots. And so he's been out flying formation in this jet. And he, he, he applied to, he, he went for qualification so a month ago or so okay. out there in Reno. They run that race course along with the other pilots to earn qualification for the air races. And he made it. No, but right now those fires up around Reno are pretty bad. So it could get canceled from the smoke. They're really concerned about this. Right. But no, provided the weather clears up enough. No, my, no, no, my bro, he's going to be racing at nearly 500 miles per hour in, in, in an average of 6G laps at 50 feet off the ground you know that wow. that makes every cool thing brian that you and i ever did every yeah, fast car or bike we, or boat we, that we've we, ever we, we live a pretty boring life <laughs> <laughs> this trumps it all yeah it does <laughs> it sure does so no he's doing what he's doing and we've been blessed but no i don't think either one of us get too uptight right. but no and then we also have a great staff you know right. a company our size we've got management we've got a, a general manager and then each each department manager and the production mm-hmm. managers the facility managers and that you know they really you know when you get a good team in place as you mm-hmm. know yes. you get a good team in place yeah you can you can move along and exactly and, and i take, could not you, be on these trips when i travel to matches if my team back at the lab wasn't doing their job correctly yeah. so you that's put exactly through a right. lot of glasses too i, I can't <laughs> imagine you it's know. a lot we do a lot yeah, that's I know you sure. ship really fast too these last ones i ordered from you at the area too yep i love them by the way thank you yep no so far the match is going all right it's a, the glasses are working better than my gun i won't mention <laughs> any gun names but no i had to swap out a gun today and right but, but no i could see everything real well <laughs> well, I actually, um, I met um, Tom with TK Customs and got, you know, I, I travel with all the custom guns I've got, and I just bought a revolver at this match. So now I have oh, you a, did. I'll, I bought a 929. I sure did. That's the one. And um, I bought one, and I'll have it all. He's going to get it all set up like he does his guns like nobody else does, and it'll be part of the my demo guns. When people need a gun, if they need a it breaks down or they need one in a backup or want a demo one, they can shoot one of those now. So I have one of those oh. next. How often do you so. put on a holster and compete at one of these I, events? I, I don't. I am. Nope. I'm too focused uh-huh. on supporting the shooters yeah. and, and out there. And if I had to be across from us at that yeah. stage, making a stage plan and look yeah. back at, yeah. towards the the van in the tent and sure. see customers there, um, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked. It's a distraction. I'm, distraction. I'm, I'm very yeah. um, competitive, just like you are. So my competitive juices go into being the best at what I can be where I'm at now. Right. Um, 
back to Hogue real quick. You are the passion, the engineer, the one that designs and, and gets things. Are there people that design underneath you? Oh, absolutely. Do, oh, yeah, we've got teams. We've got designers. And Does anything go out the door without you getting final approval? That was where my question was going. Or do you see every well, one piece of the owners. before the- Oh, well, one of the owners. Okay. Uh, I'm, not, I'm less involved in the knives. Okay. Um, my partner, Jim Bruins, and Neil Hogue, my nephew, yep. is more involved in the development and approval of the knife products. Okay. But I'm, I work with them sometimes. Sometimes they come to me or shape the, the grip portion of it. Mm-hmm. I'm known to be the grip shaper. I, I've, I've, at this point... I've shaped grips longer than my father ever did in, wow. in calendar years. I thought mm-hmm. about that a couple of years ago. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I did the math. I'm like, well, at my age now and how long I've been doing this. Yep. Um, so I, I, I sometimes do some shaping on that or maybe have some design input that way. But mm-hmm. mostly I'm on the firearms products, the, the grips, the stocks. The, the knife industry is very competitive. I've, I've, I've got some other friends that do knives, nothing compared to what y'all do, just individual custom stuff. But my question is... When you made a decision to go from grips to knives, what was that discussion oh, like? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have done it without my partner, Jim Bruins. Okay. He's really the one that, that headed that up. And my first reaction was, Jim, really? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of moving parts in those things. Yeah. Real competitive. Yeah, very because competitive. Because we, we gained the, the, the lead pole, uh, the pole position in grips. Mm-hmm. At some point, we passed up Packmeyer sales you know, many years ago. Congratulations. And, you know, leading that position. And we just really dominate that end of that soft-touch rubberized grip market. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the knives? Oh, really? And I, I didn't feel I had enough energy left in my life at my age. But Jim, really, he got in there, and Neil really worked hard on it, too, okay. to develop this. Uh, and no, Sirius is a heart attack. We've been at it for about 11 years now right? and started manifested a, a position in that competitive marketplace. One thing really nice about a knife over a grip, though, Brian, it's a freestanding product. Okay. It doesn't rely on another product to fit. That's true. A grip and a stock and a holster, mm-hmm. they rely on the other, and it has to fit that one. A knife stands on its own person can acquire a knife and enjoy that knife just on its own merit right um you know i guess glasses is the same thing eyewear yep you know if you have working yep. I'm eyes a, i'm in the lens business mm-hmm. so i i carry frames but when somebody else brings a frame out there it's like here we go we got to re- re-engineer all this and get this done for this certain frame so i i i, I feel that what you're talking about with the new i'm sure when the gu- new gun model comes out everybody's like uh-oh, we, we should have oh. known. Do you work with gun manufacturers before they come out with products sometimes? Oh, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I'm holding a couple secrets right now. Nice. Yeah. Very good. I knew Very about good. the Smith & Wesson 500 Magnum a year before the public knew about it. Okay. And that was tough to keep that a secret. Of course. But that's I, a but beast. That's one of my favorite. What's well, my favorite? Pit, um, sensational. Yeah, I have it. I have yeah. one. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, dirty, hairy, what? You know, this is the 50 caliber <laughs> Magnum, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, I knew about it. They worked with me to develop that one grip with the extra recoiling. It's a tamer cushion, we call it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was tough. Over the barbecues with my buddies and beers. <laughs> and we're talking about guns. And, and, I, and I knew that this was coming out. Right. And, you know, as much as I wanted to say, hey, you guys, check this out. Right. <laughs> this is coming out. Out, but I couldn't. No, I can keep a secret, you know, and, and no, we aren't on any given time. We're on several uh, non-disclosure agreements with, with firearm companies, and we develop original equipment grips for those firearms that, mm-hmm. that don't, uh, you know, exist quite yet. Or even older designs where the right. company decides to now accessorize it with some, you know, a new ergonomic grip. And we're mm-hmm. kind of the go-to place right now. Hogue is, you know, we really lead that, that, that product line. Um, our first ones, I'll never forget. Offering those first samples to it was at Smith and Wesson, right? Back in 1987, it was, and 
our rubber grip thing was pretty new for us. And it was just a few people. We didn't have too many people on staff, a couple molding machines, was maybe just one or maybe two molding machines now and wow. or, or then. And uh, I, I, I still remember fitting those grips, making sure they were right, putting them in a little box, taking them to the, to the post office myself, and sending them for samples for right. this request. And they, yeah, they decided to opt out to, you know, to Hogue to manufacture these grips. And we got exposed to some of our first real volume. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I had to scramble to up date some of my manufacturing processes right oh yeah pain is a powerful motivator <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah when you're down there uh, you know uh, burning the midnight oil trying yep. to get these things right to ship out because yeah all of a sudden you know be careful what you ask for because now we've right. got this this work but you know you respond and when you're resourceful and energetic you know you you, you figure it out right yep. yeah one of your grips i saw over there has a moon clip full of ammo in it and it's built into the base of the grip. <laughs> uh, who came to work extra excited that day to come up with that? I think it was me. Was it I, really? I don't think. Well, we talked about maybe putting things in the butt of those grips because yes. it's kind of a big area and yes. there were solid opaque materials, but you knew we could do those casting resins. You get the paper weights and so forth. Right. And I got those over there where on the side of the grip in the casting resin is the little scorpion. You see some different mm-hmm. things and it's fun. You know, that uh, Wes's uncle Mark that's shooting with us today, you know, he's got the butt of his grip mm-hmm. with a pair of dice. I have not seen inside that. there. Oh yeah. That's and cool. We can't go a match without somebody uh, admiring his butt as he keeps saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so I'm nice. always thinking about some different things you can put in the butt of your grip right. for fun. You know, this is about fun. Life is supposed to be fun. Right. And so I could, I could actually get you a lens that had Hunter's HD gold on the lens and get that actually put into a butt. Oh, for gun. your 929. Oh, we got to do this, Brian. Could that be done? Oh, absolutely. That could be done. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I just need you to get you the right millimeter size of the, lens and send it to you and you date you do the rest the is millimeter it, size oh well, you're going to give me a physical uh, item a lens? actual lens yeah. yeah oh yeah no and i'll cast that in that it's a polyester resin all right before and we go any further with this i can tint can it yellow be, can I t- well the lens already the lens already be tinted yellow okay so, so being clear would be clear. fine yeah now uh-huh. i don't think uv is going to penetrate it so it won't change but that'd be fine but before we go any further on that do you open custom stuff like that for people to do that that are listening to this podcast, or is this something we yes. need to touch at all? Yes, this okay. is public. <laughs> okay, no, okay, I do okay, the good. custom work for anybody nice. that really wants I had no to, to uh, upgrade their revolver grip. I'm right. the right guy to talk to, and that's something that I really spend a large amount of my time doing. Okay. Um, well, the custom grips, a uh, minor part of my time, but right. innovating manufacturing processes and the, and the production of the products, mm-hmm. I spent a good amount of time on that, innovating the, you know, the new production versions of the stocks or grips or, you know, even the knives sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of self-title myself director of R&D, really, for my company. Okay. You, you know, aside of being executive vice president and, uh, and, you know, owner of the company, mm-hmm. that's really where I spend, um, oh, well, I won't get into that, but for some other personal reasons, I've had to, uh, you know, the, the listeners can go try to read between the lines because of some personal issues. I've had to analyze my, my, my job duties and my finances very closely this last year. Okay. And you can don't, okay. Don't imagine why. Okay. And it's about 60% of my time. Wow. That I, that I, uh, wow. document for R and D. Right. And R and D means, yeah, new products, improved products or processes, new right. processes or improved processes. Uh, but a, a good amount of my time, I just, it's a getaway for me. I have my, my custom workshop. I understand. And that. when I'm tired of sitting at my desk mm-hmm. for administrative stuff or this and that, uh, unless something's real burning, 
all of a sudden Pat will disappear and I'll be up there in my, my workshop and I'll have mm-hmm. my epoxy resins and my glues and my woods and, and uh, I might have CNC patterns that I work with right. and I'll have some work orders that I collect from those that call in or at the match. Inevitably, I'll go home with a few work orders for grips. When you have that aha moment, like you did back when Guy was around. Who do you go to now with that aha moment? Well, my partners. Okay, good. I, I, I was yeah. just curious. I was Aaron's curious. so much into his jet airplane right now. I, yeah. yeah, he's. You know, we don't see each other as much as we have at times. We really rely on those years of, of of bonding. As business owners, a lot of people don't understand that. There's nobody to say good job anymore because you're it. Yeah. We, we tell our employees and our business associates, hey, great job, great job. You know, we, we've told each other that before because right. that's, we, we motivate each other as business owners, but there's nobody there to pat us on the back. Right. And that's, it's, a, it's not thankless because we have our customers that thank us all the time. Yep. But when we're by ourselves uh-huh. in, in your, in your, you're in your study doing all the stuff you're doing, or I'm in the office doing what I'm doing, and we have that aha moment. That's why I asked that question because that's very important yeah. who you do have to go to to be able to share that experience with to keep that, you know, over. You got your other family members in the business as well too better, uh, better. my son matthew he's a uh, he's our lead toolmaker nice. toolmaker okay and he works out of our past robles facility so i okay. see uh, matthew just practically every day nice and you are growing into um nevada I yes hear. yes tell me about that oh that's nice we just are putting the finishing touches on our thirty thousand square foot uh building there in henderson nevada and wow. a great labor base there um, okay. and, uh, in the space, it's a little more centrally located, mm-hmm. um, than our San Diego warehouse facility that we have now. Okay. Um, and I'm looking forward to spending more time over there. I got to set up that R and D workshop over there and move my tools and, and it's going to be a little transition for me. So and, you're moving everything. Uh, no, we're going to keep location. our Paso Robles facility okay. there. We're going to okay. keep that California facility. But, I thought uh, you were. Based on yeah. what I heard, the rumors yeah. I heard, I thought you were keeping both of them. So. Yeah. Darn. But you know, that, that state, the old. Republic of California, um, making it tougher and tougher. I'm not, sorry you know, to say so. I don't want to be here. We, and, we and, have seen we have seen optical labs, independent optical labs like we have in Alabama, go out of business in California because of all the regulations of waste, all the regulations of water, all the regulations of anything or anything that can be you consider can go down the drain. Because we know it's we know it's environmental stuff that yeah, doesn't but, affect us nearly but, as much. Well, good, but it's put, but optical, the ability, it's put optical businesses out. Of oh, business right, I can the, imagine stuff. So, yeah, the processes and the chemicals we work pretty benign. No, we okay. don't really have much impact there. Well, good, uh, but it's just the just the labor base, mm-hmm. our most valuable resource, the people, yep. the labor, and uh, the cost of living. And unfortunately, the, the freedom that I I love about this country yes. is is almost my worst enemy because the people that are retiring with large nest eggs are moving to California and they're mm-hmm. buying these expensive homes and they're raising the cost of living there yep. and it's just it's making it hard on manufacturing but but I do respect the freedom of those folks to do what they want to do that's correct so can it, it's going to have it both ways all right it's got a <laughs> two-edged sword on that yep. one yeah. Um, but you know, as far as, uh, regulations and taxes and things like that, no, it's, it, that's not good either. Things that the government do have con- control over. Right. Um, but, uh, over there in the Las Vegas Henderson area, no, we're, our employees can more readily afford their own homes and things there. And that, right. that's really, that, that's a real good thing for morale. Do you have some people that are moving from California to Nevada? Yes. Nice. There are some people that are going to move with us Okay, and, uh, we'll probably just through a little attrition, we'll downsize. You know what we can right there because it is it's a struggle mm-hmm. and you know we we really don't want to raise the price of our finished goods right but unfortunately this inflation and it's obvious now the inflation yes. you, you you know throughout my life there's been a little here it's been you know slight 
this pandemic. No, you're seeing some pretty big jumps on yeah. some things. Yeah, we, we've seen the same thing. It's like shipping something through UPS, and all of a sudden they give a fuel charge because fuel prices are up. And then when the fuel prices go back down, the fuel charge never goes back down. Right. Yeah. They just they just, they yeah. just knock it on there yeah. for you. So you got to figure out a way to overcome it. And I get this. I never had a real strong sense for finance and money and things. I never really had a mind that way. But mm -hmm. as I grow older, I, I learn it a little bit more. And, yeah, you start giving these incentives you giving them you know money away for free mm -hmm. you know without something to come it, it, and uh, the cost of goods have to go it causes inflation mm -hmm. I, I see this now i'm starting to witness it more firsthand and you know you, you but you react you do what you got to do and we are we're finishing an exciting new facility there in henderson and uh, uh a beautiful shop and we're going to do most of our warehousing there mm -hmm. the machining and and uh you know well there's a good example the knives you know something that we're unable to do in california right and that's build an automatic knife that's correct in other words uh, referred to front. as a switchblade mm -hmm. you know anything that has an automatic opening blade like the out the fronts yep. yes those are cool um uh and there's not even a provision or a permit or license to apply for to manufacture for police and military. Wow. A, a bona fide market. Yeah. Because, you know, a, 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 pay, a sworn paid peace officer mm -hmm. can buy the automatic knife. You know, the soldier can buy the automatic knife in California, mm -hmm. but we can't make it for them there. Yep. So did, how on. many places did you look at before you looked at Nevada? Did you look at other states? Oh, yes. Yes, we, yes, we have. Uh, well, at first, no, it really was Nevada at first. You know, we considered some other areas, okay. but we still kind of wanted to stick close to our roots. Okay. And being uh, pilots, the owners are all uh, general aviation pilots. Mm -hmm. So we kind of look at this certain radius that you can reach with small aircraft. And, uh, oh, first, many years ago, we were looking at the, the um, uh, oh, by Lake Tahoe there, the Carson Valley area, Very nice of, area. of Nevada. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a real uh, desirable retirement mm -hmm. <laughs> community, too. And the yep. costs were going up there. That was in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, but uh, what, what we did do uh, out of, out of necessity was, and it was in that same uh, circumferential range from our home base or our, our roots, uh, we, we, we did uh, manufacture international. Okay. For those listeners that don't know, well, it's written on the package. We mm -hmm. do manufacture in, in Mexico. Okay. And we uh, manage the shop there ourselves. Uh, it's right over the border there in Tijuana. How often do you go there? Oh, I should probably go there more often, okay. but it's running so well. Um, and uh, the, 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 the plant manager is a Mexican national. We also have a U.S. Uh, national that, that, that co-manages the okay. facility there. And the owners go there. Oh, we're probably one of us is there every couple of weeks or so. Okay. And, you know, as necessary. I mean, I'll come running if something really needed. Um, and that's been a really good experience for us. It's allowed mm -hmm. us to keep some of our costs down. Right. Um, we, we, we dreamt of downsizing in California by doing this. But. What really happened was we grew in California. We actually created more California jobs wow. because of the increase in the sale and productivity of the, of the product line and uh, the volume. So, you know, uh, uh, we, we really needed to maintain that in our San Diego facility. That's where we warehouse it there. And it's mm -hmm. convenient right there by, by the international border. Um, but we also have our United States facilities, the best labor we, that we really have, the most right. attainable, sustainable labor there is in that. Nevada, that Las Vegas, uh, awesome. Henderson area. And it's not as beautiful as it is back, you know, where I grew up. Right. But I can move back and forth right. pretty freely there. Yeah, you can. Yes. What the um, number one product on your grips? Is it um, revolver steel or is it um, 1911s? Is it the new the 360, the 365 type guns? What, 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 oh. what, do you, what do you see in the best 
not best, the, the, the overall growth being right now? Highest volume. Yeah. And what kind of grips? Well, it's the molded and it's those, it's the, my best invention, the best selling product that we have is a rubber band in a box. Okay. It's the, it's the sleeve grips for polymer pistols. Okay. You stretch it over. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a pretty broad I've line. Got, I've got one of my 365. There you go. Yep. We call them hand-all grip sleeves. Yep. And they work really good on those automatic pistols, the ones that, that don't have detachable grips. Yes. Like the P365, yep. for example. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was the Glocks, the, yep. you know, the popular polymer pistol. You know, we, we really need to evolve into, into supplying a, you know, an improvement for the ergonomics of these type of pistols, too. Okay. Um, but the revolvers are not dead. That, and that's where I was going, because we're at an I-Core match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people in that aren't aware of what's going on think that revolver is dying in, well, in the competition. Companies are world. coming out with some new ones. But, but so that, I know they're still coming out yeah. with new ones. That's why I wanted to bring that up right. to let people know this is what we're still doing. This is what you're still doing, and mm-hmm. it's still a viable part of the business. Right. No, I'm I'm just going to follow where it goes. Okay. As an uh, aftermarket accessory, you follow where the where the market goes. Mm-hmm. And I just personally love revolvers, so I look right. at that. But no, it's it's I'm not just dreaming. Colt just came out with their new Anaconda, and they uh, they reintroduced the Python. Yep. And uh, you know, Kimber has that K6 that they you know yep. brand new platform that they came out with. Yep. And well, there's some other things cooking I can't talk about. Of course. But no, the revolver is something. There's a real market share for that revolver. Uh, but the automatic pistols, the polymer pistols, yes. you can't ignore this. Right. And so we have the, the sleeves and then the new product line I'm calling the Raptor. And it's an adhesive. Hogue is now for the first time entering the market of adhesive type grips. Okay. And we're doing either the, the, the traditional skateboard grip tape I type. I did see some of those over there, yes. Um, but we're also doing a rubber type material. It's the same rubber compound that we use on our injection molded grips. Okay. But it's, it, it's, it's manufactured in a thin film like a decal. Um, and yep. it's, it's, it has that grippier, more uh, vulcanized tire rubber feel. Okay. And, and it's innovative. It's a new innovative, uh, uh procedure to make that. So that's new for us. Yep. Once again, for the polymer pistol, that's where the evolution of the, of the handguns mm-hmm. are going. Did, did you miss shot show? Did you miss NRA? Because, you know, it costs so much. To go do these events, ah, oh, the shows are bittersweet. I know. Yeah, they're kind of we've called them a necessary evil. You know, okay. if you if you don't go, you'll be missed, and mm-hmm. it's bad for business. But when they cancel it because of a pandemic, mm-hmm. oh, a little bit. I mean, it causes a little bit of relief and rejoice. You can kind of focus on your stuff and save those costs aside. Yep. Uh, but but no, it's been going on so right now. I, I actually kind of miss it, especially this latest NRA. Yep. I was looking forward to going. Because I miss our as, friends, miss seeing all the friends. Yeah, right. Well, there's that. It's like another family. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. For me personally, the R and D back to the R and D. Okay. I mean, where else can I find all the new platforms that I, and the companies that I work with, the engineers, executive, all in under one roof. Yep. I mean, I have to travel to each and individual one or to, to create a new product to yep. fit these. Uh, no, I, I need to really ponder on that and put hands on it and look. And they're all right out there on display. So easily to see for you. Yeah. So the, I use that. That's a necessary tool for me. And I haven't had that now for couple of years so i've had to resort to some alternatives well hopefully we get everything back together in january and Whew. shot she'll be back up again and we'll see what happens but it's, it's yeah. we're having to learn how to get around it i, I traveled to shot show myself i don't have a booth just based on the material i have doesn't work really good indoors for, to see the lens change and not be mm-hmm. able to looking across an aisle and looking down the you know, a berm makes two different ways to do the right. lens technology but um, for places like yourself to be able to have all these people in one under one roof, like you can see how okay, this is good. 
in a way, but now it's like, okay, now we need to, we need to get it back. So mm-hmm. that, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. So. yeah. I hope we can get over this pandemic and get, yep. you know, these public events going, you know, back going again. Yep. College football is all over it right now. So we'll see how it works. The NFL game was just full the other night. So oh, no kidding. Yeah, okay. Dallas and Tampa yeah. Bay, they were outside and it was their game season opener and it was on a packed stadium. So nice. we'll see what happens. Nice. Anything we left off. I appreciate you taking the time where anything you got you coming out, you want, you can or want to talk about since we didn't have an RA show or is there pretty much everything on the table right I now we've talked we about? I covered it pretty good. You know, this, you know, I think People are going to be sending you their, you know, lucky charms and stuff to put in their butt stocks, their revolvers. <laughs> that could be some extra business. Yeah, we'll there. definitely that's, work on that lens in there. No, we, that's awesome. We're going to get you. We uh, before we go for the yeah. match, I'm going to take some measurements from your hand. Uh, I got, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to send you with some lenses. That's even better. And, I'm going to send yeah, you with a product. I'm going to get you the grip, the right size, yeah. so you can shoot well. Well, well I don't. Well, shoot. you're not going to be shooting I just, it. So. I need something that's an average grip yeah. for for. I'll do for, a general purpose. I'll do something grip. really attractive. That way, when somebody else uses the gun, they can go have. Now, when I'm off here in hunting season, I'll be shooting the gun. Don't get me wrong, but it'd be other people want to use it in competition. It's so. going to be really cool because the lens will darken in the sunlight in the butt of their grip. It would be. Yeah. I, I hope the UV would penetrate that. We'll see. I, I bet you it would. That's cool. Yeah, it's clear polyester. If the well, we'll put it in there and see what yeah, it does. That's cool. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about that. Well, oh, Pat, great hanging out with you. Today. Thank this you so is, much for fun, taking Brian. the time out to do this and learn more about Hogue and um and how your your father guy has left the legacy to you and it sounds like he's left it in great hands in the future and now that you're. Um, other family members are in the business. That's going to be a, a business for generations to come, hopefully. And I'm excited to be a part of that and be a friend of yours to see that happening as well. So thank you again for taking out the time. You're very welcome. Well, all right. Well, until next time, this has been Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. <laughs> <laughs>